Welcome back to the No Balls Association podcast. I'm your host, Latam. And today we're coming back with a very special bonus summer episode. The calm before the storm. I'm in, I am in Eastern Time, and it's about 8.30 p.m. as I record this, which means free agency starts in about four hours and... 32 sorry three hours and 32 minutes and i'm going to actually start i've been pretty much obsessively looking for updates listening to my to my fellow nba podcasters and i as i was doing this an article came out about an hour ago on espn talking about a party that russell westbrook's going to be hosting at his house so i'm actually going to start with the free agent Paul George. And I think that this party is very intriguing. And if I had a day or two to obsess over it, I I would. But they had non-disclosure agreements. Uh, We've seen um, Paul George do some film stuff with Dwayne Wade on ESPN. Uh, We've seen Paul George's presence rise a little bit in his commercials, etc., and I think the fact that Nas is playing, Westbrook's doing this party, it kind of does lead to uh, Paul George, I'm going to stay in OKC. Now, that's not what I would have thought. And it doesn't make sense. And I don't have the salaries pulled up in front of me at the moment, but I was looking at OKC's salary. And if you look at the books on them, they have Steven Adams in the 20-some millions. They have... Carmelo Anthony in the 20-some millions. They have uh, Russell Westbrook, who might actually be in the low 40s or upper 30s next year. And if they get Paul George, assuming he signs for in the 30 millions, they have like an extremely high percent of their salary tied up in those four guys. Now, I love Adams uh, and I'm fine with Carmelo Anthony, but those four guys aren't going to probably do any better than they did this year. So I don't see why Paul George, especially if he's a guy who, you know, he's coming off, he's, you know, still kind of coming off the injury. People wonder how good he is. Part of me wonders why he would sign there now when he could go to the Lakers and probably get a four year max. But this party thing does really have me thrown because he's a guest. So I think my prediction is that Paul George is going to sign a two-year with a player option with OKC. Now, the only advantage that I can see for him doing that personally is that if he is truly debating between Lakers, Thunder, and the Sixers, what he can do if he signs back with OKC is he can push off his decision of which team to sign with until next year. And then he can watch what the Lakers did and the Sixers did and see, hey, if I go to the Lakers, do we have a shot at a championship? Or do I go to the Sixers and try and win one? So that's really the only advantage that I can see if he does sign with them. But if I'm Paul George or his agent or one of the circle of his friends, I'm telling him, don't sign at this party, don't make any announcements, and take like, take a few days and hear the pitches of people. Next, I'm going to move to the centers. And 
I am going to look at three of them together. I know one of them is restricted free agent. But let's look at DeMarcus Cousins, DeAndre Jordan, and Stax's boy, Clint Capella. So you have these three guys who, at least from what I can tell, are you know the, the best three centers on the market. And depending on the pieces around them, these three guys are all going to make or could make an impact. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Now, I think that it's probably going to, it sounds like it's going to come down to what the Mavericks want to do. They made a great trade, great trade of the draft, obviously, and probably the best trade of the draft. And now they, I think, basically can have their choice between Capella and Jordan. How I think that happens is what they do is if they really want Capella, they make an offer that the Rockets can't match. Then Capella takes that because the Rockets do not want to give the qualifying offer. Then they can do, you know, if that doesn't work out, they can target either DeAndre Jordan or DeMarcus Cousins. And probably their safest move is to do DeAndre because who knows, like, when DeMarcus will be ready. But I think it'll be interesting to see how those how these guys land. But I think also they're going to probably come after, you know, so if it's not the Mavericks right away, I think we're going to see those guys get paid quite a bit of money, short-term deals to try and help teams get a ring. So before we can really deal with those guys, let's go to obviously the marquee free agent, my boy LeBron James. I'm actually going to probably surprise Sean and start this one by saying I think it was a mistake of LeBron to not get that trade done last year where Paul George, Eric Bledsoe, Carmelo Anthony, and Kyrie Irving are, I think, all on the Cavs. From what I understand, all those guys could have been there, but they needed a commitment of LeBron before they gave up all their other assets and Kevin Love. And I think that he should have given some kind of a commitment, even if it was qualifying. Like, hey, I'll give this a whirl. If this works and you pay him and we get we try this for a couple years, I'll do it. Because that did really limit what the Cavs can do. So I do think that it will be really hard for LeBron to re-sign in Cleveland. And I don't really see an appeal, the appeal for him to do that at this point. It'd be pretty much the same team and this, probably the same coach, same owner, younger GM. Don't like it. I'm going to also probably surprise Sean again and direct something directly to Christian that is something that I believe pretty strongly. Uh, and he and I have disagreed on over beers before and I think what that is is Christian some other people in the media they call LeBron a GM and they call this team his team and sure that that is the case he gets people paid etc but LeBron is a player and as a player especially when his agent reps these other guys he needs for his agency to be successful he needs for these guys to get paid. So as a player, he doesn't care 
what the owners pay these guys. But that's not his job. Okay, His job isn't to deal with all the finances of the team. His job isn't to say what makes sense for, for this and that. What his job is to do is to bring out the best basketball players in his teammates. And if he can get guys like J.R. Smith or Tristan Thompson to believe that they're worth $16 million a season, $18 million a season, they're going to play way better with him, which they did. They won a championship together, and I think that anyone would agree that the same cast is maybe an eight seed, seven seed at the best in the East. So for LeBron to be able to bring out these the best in these guys he has to show them he believes in them he can't say oh tristan i think you're worth eight million a year because what's i going to do on the court now what i think is and what christian has said is that it kind of puts the owner or gm etc in a tough spot which sure it does but i think that lebron is a guy who's really willing to listen and to follow the orders of a coach, GM, etc. And I think what he was actually looking for was somebody with the balls to say, LeBron, I'm not signing Tristan for this much. We'll sign him for $14 million to keep him, $12 million to keep him, whatever the case may be, and then we're going to get you another guy. And if they bring in a piece, like if they had an Iguodala-esque guy on their team or an Eric Gordon or P.J. Tucker type piece on their team, of course LeBron would be happy with that. So I think what he was actually really looking for Gilbert, Griffin, uh, Altman, which is really funny, to do was to actually have the balls to say no to him. And I think then he would have had more faith. But I think that for him, part of the reason, like, he's not a good GM, obviously. And he's the best player. So I think he was looking for somebody to step up and tell him no. So I think the moves at the trade deadline, I think that are coupled with the moves at the trade deadline, with the issues of cap space, with a new GM, with Dan Gilbert all in there, I think it's like a very natural spot for LeBron and Cleveland to break up. I could see him leaving and then doing actually something like Paul Pierce did, signing for the day, ending with the Cavs. That's good. He brought them a championship, delivered on the promise. Totally cool. So I would say, for me, if we're talking about where does LeBron James end up, I think of his three legitimate options of Cleveland, Philly, in LA, I actually would put Cleveland as third getting him. I think if he does come back, he does another one and one, but then for to me, he should have just opted in because he would have made an extra million dollars. So that leaves the other two Philly and LA. Now, I think that both are intriguing, and I hope that he takes a little bit of time to see what the Lakers do because I think that him playing ball in Philly with that team staying in the East, the conference he knows the travel schedule he knows the time zone he knows would be really, really interesting Um, you know, the Bill Simmons podcast, the Low Post 
Uh, all a bunch of guys are saying they think it'd be a bad pairing, Simmons and him with a ball thing. But if you watch Philly in the playoffs, they obviously were lacking a veteran. So Simmons looked like ass in the playoffs. Embiid kind of out of shape. You know, they have, those guys are like gonna get caught in the NBA life. LeBron could help them through that. Also, if they could somehow keep Redick, keep the European guys, and you know, keep the pieces that they have there, that'd be a damn good team. Probably, well, they'd for sure be in the finals, and I, you know, it'd be interesting to see what they did against the Warriors next year. So, I'm gonna put Cleveland third. Philly second. Um, I actually think it would be really good for Ben Simmons' uh, career if he had LeBron to mentor him for a couple years. But I do think the likely scenario is LeBron to Los Angeles. I think him learning from Magic Johnson and being in that global market is really good for him and probably really good for his family. Um, but it's also an excellent basketball situation for him if they can get Kawhi Leonard. So if the Lakers can pull off a trade for Kawhi, which if you're the Spurs, you probably should do. It sounds like they'd get Brandon, Brandon Ingram, maybe Kyle Kuzma, and even like two draft picks. That's way better than getting nothing. Um, Ingram and Kuzma would probably be pretty good Spurs. And Kawhi and LeBron together is something all of us basketball fans should want to see. So I think if the Lakers can pull that off, they are the hands-down favorite to get LeBron. And I think that Kawhi would almost be the ultimate compliment player to LeBron. Um I mean, I never really liked watching the Spurs, but Kawhi Leonard just has a very high basketball IQ. He's quiet, but he obviously gets it. And I think that he is somebody who maybe even understands the game on a close to similar similar level to LeBron. So to see those two and their instincts and their kind of like excellent leadership skills together especially with the young pieces that LA has, would be very interesting. So my prediction is that LeBron signs with LA on July 3. I think he does it before the holiday, takes a long weekend, and kind of hangs out. Otherwise, if he doesn't do it then, I think he waits about a week or 10 days, has a few meetings, thinks it over, and takes it. But I think we should all want to see Kawhi and LeBron on the Lakers. That would be a very fun duo to watch. I mean, if they did in Cleveland, I'd love it, but we will see. If I had my choice, I would love to see Kawhi and LeBron on the Sixers with that team, which I think they could do in a trade and would be awesome. But I think we'll see LeBron in L.A. Now... I was thinking about doing some doing some riffs and some rants, but we got time for that. I'm still not over the finals. Fucking Durant to the Warriors still pisses me off. Why people keep, like, and also LeBron to the West and some of that, 
I kind of had to rant on, but I figured it'd be more a little bit more fun to do some predictions. So, one one that I'm going to throw out there is you know maybe this could happen is Chris Paul to the Lakers. So he's a free agent. No one talks about. Everyone just seems to assume that he's a hundred percent with the Rockets. But what if it comes down to it, he wants a five-year max. The Rockets say, we'll give you three. He's like, okay, I want, you know, I want three guaranteed with you know, player option in the third year at the max. And they're like, no, we want the team option in year three. We want to see what, you know, anything could go wrong in the negotiations. Well, does he then say, okay, fine, fuck you guys. I'm going to L.A. to play with LeBron. Who knows? We'll see. But that's one that I could see. I could also see if the Kawhi and LeBron thing to the Lakers goes pretty quick. I could see either Cousins or DeAndre Jordan signing there for less. Or, who? yeah, so I think that that could happen. Also, there was a part of me that thought, we could see Durant jump ship, but I don't think that that's going to happen anymore. That was one that I did have. So we shall see. It is now 8.51 p.m. So we're about, you know, three hours and ten minutes away from the madness. Somebody usually signs a deal at 12.01. I'm excited. I doubt I'll be able to go to bed just to see if any of that happens. And, um, yeah, we'll... We'll keep updating. Hope all you guys have have a good summer. Check you later. Real Tom Bright, the Tom James, is out.